and welcome back to the Committed Football Guys podcast, where fantasy never sleeps. With the NFL draft quickly approaching, teams are starting to shape up a little more in free agency. Today, we will review those free agent signings and their fantasy impact. Then we will dive into some new segments where we discuss players that we are targeting to acquire on our teams and players we are looking to move off of. And of course, as always, we will end the show reviewing trades from your leagues and the fan favorite, Fair or Fleece. How y'all doing, guys? Doing great, doing great. Um, Got some family coming in for Easter this weekend, and so really looking forward to that. Otherwise, just awaiting the most important time of the year. The end of the month, we're getting our NFL drafts and we're getting our rookie drafts. Every All the speculation right. comes to an end. There's no more draft capital conversations. We finally get to see what the NFL thinks about these guys we've been talking about on paper. For sure. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Similar to Joel, we have some family coming in, but for the most part, we're going to be staying in Lafayette for Easter which will be nice because I've just been I've been traveling the last couple weekends. But other than that, man, things have been good. Uh, baseball's back in full swing. Colby and I are in a uh, it's not exactly a dynasty baseball league, but it's a it's a it's keeper league with uh, minor leaguers and stuff like that. So Colby and I have been blowing up the group chat talking about a lot of baseball because uh, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> sorry, Joel. Joel doesn't like baseball as much as we do, uh, which is totally fair. Totally get it. But uh, but yeah, baseball's been awesome. The college national championship basketball is tonight. We're not watching it. We're right we're talking now, dynasty. <laughs> we're talking dynasty fantasy football because fantasy never sleeps. Uh, I'm really pumped for a lot of our rookie drafts we got coming up. We have one league that we're all in. It's a Devi league, which we want to talk more Devi uh, here moving forward at some point. But the rookie draft is in three days. And so not all the players that are like, you know, not Bijan, Stroud, Young, like some of the top players aren't available because they were taken in the Debbie draft prior. But the the rest of the guys are available before the NFL draft. So like just quickly, like what do you guys think of leagues that do the redraft before the NFL draft? Um, I I think that it's a fun way that you could really bet on the talent of a player and not necessarily depending on the landing spot, but yeah, it's not something I really want to do. I really want to take the two and maybe talent is 80%. And then like if, if landing spot, cause situation does matter. And yeah, for sure. Fell. Yeah. I think I would like it in just a couple leagues just because it's a fun wrinkle, but I wouldn't really right. like for it to be the, the standard for my leagues, which is not. And really, you know who would really love to have a draft that's before the guys who took Clyde Edwards Hilaire one on one when he was a rookie. <laughs> that's a great point. True, because that true. that Chiefs bump absolutely shot him up to the top of all rookie draft boards. A hundred percent of the guys who took him over JT or Swift or any of those guys probably looking back saying he didn't bring to the table what I was hoping he would. So that's really yeah. you know. There are instances like that where landing spot gets in the way, like Colby said, but it's a fun wrinkle. And I, I do like that the Debbie draft brings that for us. Yeah, I agree with that. And it, it'll be interesting. I like how in our home league, we're we're doing it literally the day after the draft is over. You know all the, the landing spots and stuff, but you don't have like that time to like 
you don't have until the summer to like hear all the research and hear everyone's opinions on it. It's just your opinions and you go, which I like personally. Yeah. I have to imagine we're going to go over, do a little recap of the Debbie draft next time we record um, since it'll be done by then. But yeah, I do like doing it right after it gives you less time to overthink it. Absolutely. Um, so Bobby, how are you doing? Next- oh yeah. I'm doing really well. Um, this is a really exciting time of the year. I love baseball a lot. And uh, I, man, if I had to compare fantasy baseball and fantasy football, it'd be really hard for me to choose which one I like better. I just love them both so much for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, it's just always exciting time. And then plus NFL draft is, and I'm, I'm growing more in love with the draft each year. I just think it's such a fun event um, just in general. Fortunately, the Broncos only, you know, our first pick is in the third round, which sucks, but <laughs> it's it's not as fun this year because of that or the year before because Broncos didn't have picks really either but um I still like it I I love the spectacle of it all I love the drama of it all um I hope we see some draft day trades and stuff like that I just I love that type of stuff Absolutely So also real quick we are really active on Twitter now so we have yeah. a Twitter called CFG Pod and then you can find all of our individual Twitters we're actually tweeting from that every single day uh trying to grow engagement and um, also just have a little fun. I think it's fun to discuss dynasty on Twitter and um, it's been really a good time over there. So at CFG pod on Twitter, it was follow and we do follow back. So (laughs) if you're just looking, if you're looking for a follow, we will, we will give that to you. All right. So we're going to go into our free agent breakdown. So the first free agent we're going to be talking about is Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. You know, I think Jimmy G has always been a better real-life quarterback than fantasy quarterback. But the reality is when he's been put in situations, whether that was in New England or San Francisco, he's won. That gets you a long way in the NFL. If you just have – obviously, wins are not a quarterback stat, but a lot of times front offices see it that way. And so I think that in his case, he's earned his career, obviously. But I think he's going to do great. I don't necessarily foresee him dropping a top 10 or 12 season. But I do think there's a reality where he's a top 15 quarterback this year simply because of Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs is back. There's, it's, a, it's not a bad Raiders team around him. And he's also familiar with the system. This is the system he came up in as a rookie and, and as his time in New England. And so I think that things the stars could align for him and he could he could enjoy a really fantastic season for you know his standard. Yeah. Uh Jimmy G, man, top fifteen feels high. I'll be honest, but I guess he does have the weapons there. He has Jacobs and Devontae Adams, of course, and they also signed Jacoby Myers. Yeah, they send Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got weapons. Uh, so, you know, he has 53 and 21 as a starter, which is literally ridiculous. Um, moving on to another quarterback, Jacoby Brissett to the Commanders. Yeah, this one's a little gross that we're talking about this, but, uh, but for you, for you deep cut guys, no, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, when he played last year, it's actually pretty solid. Like, I mean, he, he outperformed Watson in their times, you know, if you compare the two. And 
you know, he's going to a place where the commanders that have like sneaky talent. Um, now, obviously, they look at Sam Howell as like they're going to give him a shot this year to, you know, do something. But if he kind of falls flat on his face early and it's like clear early that this guy doesn't have it, Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starter. And with Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, and uh, Antonio Gibson and, and Brian Robinson, I almost said Bijan Robinson, Brian Robinson. That's not, it, they really don't have the worst weapons in the league. So I kind of like it. You know, obviously I'm not saying like, oh, go out and buy them. But I mean, if you have them, I mean, definitely hold on to them. Or, you know, if you, if you have someone that does somehow want to buy them, do it. But I think that this is a really good spot for, for Jacoby Brissett to come in and potentially get a starting job. And B, I mean, I think he's a, he's a more than capable QB two, but obviously you'd rather have better talent on your team if you if you have to but uh but yeah if he gets the start i think he can bring qb2 type uh scoring yeah i like the take there jacob Brissett, i just feel like rivera he's kind of a stick with the veteran type guy i do think he'll start the year as the quarterback for the commanders uh just some quick stats on Brissett. i mean he had a 64 percent completion percentage last year not horrible i don't know we'll see devin singletary to the texans Damian Pierce, owners, what are we thinking? Yeah, there's there's definitely cause for concern there. I mean, Devin Singletary isn't an all-pro by any means, but at best, he's put up a top 20 season. You know, he's also put up like at some top, what, 23 or 25 seasons. Of course, that's in a Buffalo offense. Now, really, all that we're really thinking about when it comes to this signing is what does it do for Pierce? And I think it just takes him off the field on third downs. And that could be concerning because that limits him. That makes him a one-dimensional running back. Now, on the flip side of that, does that make him the goal line option? Does that make him this year's Jamal Williams? Time will tell. Um, Personally, I don't have any Damian Pierce shares. And the one that I did, uh, it's a team that Colby and I co-manage, and we moved him this offseason and we we happily moved him, and so that was that was something that was kind of a priority for us. That we actually acquired him, and just a few days later, we we shipped him off. And so that's a little bit too much risk for me, especially considering the Texans could even bring in another running back in the draft. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, that was a really fun trade we made. I believe that trade was Tyler Lockett and Pierce for T. Higgins, and so was really really happy with that return. But yeah, I don't know. I actually kind of agree on Singletary. I was somewhat a hater of him, but he really, you know, 4.6 yards per carry last year. Not horrible on an offense that really didn't run the ball well. No. You know, I think that it could be a thorn in, in Pierce's side for sure. I agree with you. All right. Moving on to Samaje Piran to the Broncos. My, my yeah. team, the Broncos. Yeah, this is like kind of a sneaky get. Because I feel like P. Ryan, I wouldn't say he was under, like, I don't, I think he was underutilized, uh, just truthfully, in the Bengals offense. And I really like him going to a Sean Payton system where, you know, Javante Williams, he's, he's not a bad receiving back at all. But P. Ryan for sure is like a pretty solid and pretty capable back, not only catching the ball, but also in pass protection. And, for that, I, you know, I think he's going to see the field a, a decent amount, especially with Williams coming off an injury. And so I think that he's he's a guy that will have sneaky value. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be 
you know, some startable every week asset in, in fantasy. But say Javante gets hurt again, you know, Piran could be pretty, pretty nice. And definitely he will get targets, I imagine, uh, in the offense. He, you know, Sean Payton loves to see a pretty even touch uh, split for his running backs uh, going back to obviously the New Orleans days. So with that, Piran could be, could be kind of sneaky. Yeah, Samaja Pirine. I'm, I'm as a Broncos fan. I'm pretty excited. I think he could give us some more versatility in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, he had four receiving touchdowns last year. He really played well in Mixon's absence. Um, I was impressed yeah. by his play. And uh, with Javante coming out, um, saying he's going to be healthy for camp, we'll see. But well, I'm sure we'll ease him back in. So it'll be nice to have him out there. And I think Pirine will be a great best ball option, um, just oh, because yeah. I think he'll be able to pop off. Moving on to the next free agent signing, we have DJ Chark to the Panthers, former LSU Tiger. So I'm going to touch on DJ Chark as well as Adam Thielen going to the Panthers. Just kind of, I think these signings were more for the rookie quarterback who will be joining the team in in the next few Mm -hmm. weeks, assuming that's CJ Stroud. But regardless of who it is, I think it's more of how can we shore up and make things as simple as possible not necessarily trying to get in this high powered high octane offense where you know look at a miami look at a san francisco you look at the receivers in those teams and you're like okay these guys could put up over 100 yards each weekly but in a place like that you're just looking for safety outlets you're looking for guys who have good hands who are good route runners who are veterans who you know, who can protect the quarterback and make him look better instead of trying to force this rookie quarterback to elevate the team around him. It does kind of it does kind of affect my Terrace Marshall being a weekly start as a flex option <laughs> take from a, a month ago or so. But look, I said it and I'm gonna stand by it. And so we'll see what happens. But I do think if you're a Panthers fan you're happy you brought those two guys in mostly because you didn't want your receiver room to be like Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, Preston Williams, and Shai Smith. So, I mean, they even even brought in Hayden Hurst. And so, you know, another safety outlet. Man, I was looking at DJ Chark's numbers just now. Uh, That 2019 season was really special. 1,008 yards, eight touchdowns. A long time Uh, ago. I know, it's... I don't know. I just have a general question. Do you, do you ever think that DJ Chark gets back to that in the NFL? Probably not. I mean, but can he be like a really good? I think he's like best as a like a really solid wide receiver too. Like, I think his ceiling is probably like if he stays healthy, like eight hundred, maybe nine hundred yards. But other than that, like I don't, I don't think he's got the skill set to really be a heavily targeted wide receiver one. Yeah, I think the the thing is when he put up that season, he was – I don't think it can be replicated because he was the the go-to target in Jacksonville that yeah. season. And I just don't see his career taking him to a place where he becomes that again. Except for yeah, maybe I, this year. I tend to agree. I think, I think he's always had the skill set just – I don't know. It's just kind of been tough. The last few years have been hard on him, I think. For sure. I've always liked him as a player, but moving on to another wide receiver that just has kind of been overall disappointing in his career, but Paris Campbell to the Giants. I 
have been holding on to my Paris Campbell share. I have him in one league. Actually, I take that back. I have him in three leagues. <laughs> I just looked at <laughs> sleeper. <laughs> but the main the main share that I have him in is uh is our our league. And to the Giants is is kind of interesting. Now they like fa- very famously had like a mosh podge of of wide receivers last year. And look, I don't think Paris Campbell is like super duper special or anything like that. But last year was his first like actually fully healthy season. He's playing with absolute trash cans at the quarterback position and still put up <laughs> like 63 receptions, 623 yards and three touchdowns. Now, obviously that's not like something that you want to play week to week, but there was a stretch in the middle of the season where he had 18 points, 23 points, nine points, three points. That's a downer, but then 20 and 11. And like, that's a really good stretch for a player. Like if he gets hot and look, I don't know what's going on with the giants, but they always have injuries. So obviously that doesn't bode well for for Campbell. But if he avoids the injury bug, there's a chance that he could be a wide receiver too there. Um, now, if you believe in Isaiah Hodgins, you know that kind of locks things down a little bit. Wandale Robinson coming back, I'm sure that they'll go wide receiver in the draft at some point. So it's not like you're looking at like a, a guy who's who's going to be awesome. But in best ball formats, obviously he's a guy that I I still want to hold on to for sure. And, you know, if injuries happen around him, I think he's shown he showed last year he can be very capable uh, receiver when he gets his number called upon. But I know Colby hates Paris Campbell. So the Giants just cannot stop bringing in slot receivers. You've got Wandale, you've got Sterling Shepard, you've got Paris Campbell, and you've also got, oh, who's the last one? Um, Jamison Crowder. Oh gosh! Ooh, Crowder and so menacing. Both, Crowder and Shepard are both cooked, though. To be fair, for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't hate Paris Campbell. I even, even last year, I thought there was times where he could be interesting. I do think that the Giants go receiver at twenty five. I'd be really surprised if they didn't, and that I think that could end up being good for Campbell. They brought in a guy like, I don't know, back of the first round, say Flowers, maybe. That's how the player, not really sure. But I think it could be good overall. And uh, now we'll go into the next guy who kind of fumbled the bag with the Cowboys, um, had pretty decent contract offer, but then signed with the Texans, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why he wanted to move on from the Cowboys, especially when you end up still in Texas, just on the wrong team, seemingly, for all we know. I mean, I, I saw a tweet today that was like, the Texans are reportedly considering not taking a quarterback at two. And I was like, okay, here we go. Fire up those Davis Mill shares again. Um, but I, I think the reality is Bryce Young or whoever is in going into the Texans organization Schultz can be a safety outlet. I know that's like a, I don't know, it feels cheap to call every tight end a safety outlet, but Dalton Schultz has pretty solid hands. He's a good route runner. He's athletic. He's a really good red zone target, and I think Bryce Young is a in, an intelligent quarterback, and he's good in the red zone. Obviously, they'll have to draft Bryce Young for any of this to matter, but you know, I think at the end of the day, Dalton Schultz, is a top 10 dynasty tight end and that 
you know, the Texans doesn't change that for me. Dear God, please draft a quarterback at two overall. <laughs> I, I think with Schultz, I, I liked him a lot better with Dak. It just seemed like Dak and him I had a pretty, pretty good rapport. Obviously, I understand what you're saying about being the safety valve. I think that is, I think this value is going to take a hit without Dak just because Dak really, really liked him. So I think he's going to take a hit. I don't think he's a top 10 guy anymore, but that's just my thoughts on it. Moving on to probably the biggest story in the NFL right now. Of course, we have Lamar Jackson, the 2019 MVP of the league, apparently requested a trade a month ago today, actually, March 3rd. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a month now. He has not been traded. He has not been signed. He has not been given any contract. He's under the tag, the franchise Mm -hmm. tag. But basically, now we're hearing all these teams are, you know, the Patriots aren't going to pursue him. The Texans aren't. The Commanders aren't. The Colts, maybe. Um, so re- what's going on with Lamar Jackson, I think, is a question that everyone in the NFL circles are asking. Um, what, what's y'all's thoughts on Lamar? I think it's really, man, it, it's tough because, like, I think, you know, we've talked about it before, but, like, the no agent situation is just, like, really tough, you know, because they, they know how to work the back channels. They know how to, you know, talk to multiple teams at the same time and stuff like that. And Lamar just, like, he doesn't, you know, I'm not going to say he doesn't know the business at all, but he doesn't know the business like a sports agent does, you know, like a, like a, I think that's veteran, very fair to say. Like a very, yeah. And I, I hope I don't sound like, you know, rude or anything like that, but he just doesn't. That's not his, his job is to be a, a really high level quarterback, which he does very well at when he's on the field. And so I hate that he's, you know, kind of being pushed around like that. I mean, on Twitter, he basically said his goodbyes to Baltimore, it seemed like. And but then there's people like John Harbaugh is like, oh, well, if Lamar's here, he's our quarterback, you know, like nobody's really giving any like real like conviction with their answers of like where Lamar's going to play. And that's what's like super interesting and like super weird. I think that if he were to go to the Colts, that would be a slam dunk for them. I mean, to me, I don't really see his stock dropping anywhere he goes you know like I I think that he is like obviously you know you look at him earlier in his career and you say oh he's just a system quarterback I think he's kind of gone past that if you look at all of his like passing numbers they've really improved over over the years even from his 2019 MVP season and so I do think that he's at a point now where he can be uh, he can go anywhere and you're not worried about oh this system or this or that like he's going to be a guy that is going to make people better around him and he's got that running ability that he can always fall back on. So I, I, I just want to see where he goes. But truthfully, to me, his stock, the only way his stock drops is if he's not traded and he refuses to play. That's it. Yeah, I would hate to get a lost season out of him. And I, and I would love for his interview to come out so there would be more clarity. I think he's got no reason to lie about what's going on. It was really bizarre when he came out and was like i'm requesting i'm officially requesting a trade from the ravens in fact i requested a trade early march and that came out like mid to late march i i believe and it's pretty crazy to think that all this time he's just you know potentially could have been traded of course with the non-exclusive tag that he had any team just had to put up two firsts and that was they were he was theirs. It was just so strange. Immediately when he got tagged, all the teams that came out 
and put out statements about like we're not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. And then really yeah. felt like I've seen that. Honestly, the only time I think I told you guys this, the only time that I've we've seen that was like Colin Kaepernick for totally different reasons. Yeah. It was All just right. very like owners club black ball kind of feel to it. I'm not saying that's exactly what was happening, but it had that vibe. Yeah. It had that feel to it. And so I'm I'm really curious what ends up happening. Would hate for him to lose a season behind this, but I think the reality is he's going to do what he feels is best for him. And, you know, maybe Indianapolis trades four for him. Maybe Texans trade two for him, and then the Ravens can get a quarterback there. You know, there's everyone's loving. What do you the, mean? They have Tyler Huntley. That's fair. Pro bowler, pro Tyler Huntley. He's a pro bowler. <laughs> maybe they could maybe they could trade for Trey Lance, who knows. That's been that's been really fun on Twitter lately. But I don't know. It's just Jeez. it sucks that Lamar can't simply be quarterback Lamar right now and some of that's his own choice like you said. He's choosing. He's not yep. Drew Rosenhaus. He's he's Lamar Jackson. He's quarterback and he's also representing himself. That's tough. But I don't I mean, I don't think he thought it would be easy, but here we are at a standstill, what it seems like. Yeah, just some other thoughts on him. He has till July 17th to reach a long-term extension. Obviously, that's in the distance away, but I mean, it, it's going to come up sooner than we than you think. I don't really see a deal happening anytime soon. It's hard to really say. He's not, you know, he's he's requesting a trade, but he isn't believed to be demanding a fully guaranteed deal. He just wants his deal to be similar to Deshaun Watson. And of course, I think the Browns like really just broke the bold for this all this yeah. fully guaranteed contracts. Of course, we have fully guaranteed contracts in the MLB and in the NBA, and now NFL never really did that. And so now they're, you know, these players. I feel like they're at a leverage point, and they just want they want their money, which I understand. And I, the whole thing with Lamar sucks because I just I've been on record. Lamar's my favorite player in the league. He's my mm-hmm. favorite player to watch. So the whole the whole situation stinks to think that he uh, might not play. I don't even want to think about it, honestly. Also, it keeps me up at night thinking that you know the Broncos could have paid two firsts and we could have had him when we paid you know seventeen seventeen firsts for you know not, it's not that many, but I know we paid two firsts and a few seconds for Russ, and it's just like we could have done that for Lamar, and it's I don't know keeps me up at night. It sucks, but. I don't know. Lamar's situation is weird. Ho- hopefully we have some clarity on it soon, but unfortunately I don't really see that happening. Moving into our next part of a podcast, our podcast, which I'm really excited about. When we first started yes. dreaming, when we first started dreaming about, hey, let's start a dynasty podcast. Um, this is kind of one of the first things I think that all of us got excited about. And there, it's actually a section called Gotta Have Them and then Gotta Dump Them. So we're going to go That's through right. these two sections. Got to have them, of course, as players that we're targeting to have a big 2023 season. And we are trying to acquire right now, actively. We're sending trades out to try to figure it out. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start it off with one of my, like when I saw the trade happen, I was like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. Let me look into this a little bit more. And Brandon Cooks, man, I'm telling you, I am pumped for Brandon Cooks. He's gone to a really, really solid uh, role, I think, with the Cowboys. And and I'm just like, I'm pumped for him. I think that if you look at what he's been able to do, the last time he had competent quarterback play, he was a top 20 receiver. 
with Deshaun Watson back in 2020. Last year, he was a little injury plague, but the past two seasons, he's played with, you know, trash cans at quarterback. And I think that if he stays healthy, like, obviously, CD's the number one. He's the, he's the alpha there, no doubt. But I actually made a, uh, a gentleman's agreement with uh, a guy who we hope to have on the podcast at some point. His name's Eli. He is uh, he's in a bunch of our leagues that we do. And I've made an agreement that if he plays 14 games and uh, is a top 24 receiver next year, that uh, Eli will buy me lunch. And then if he doesn't do all that, then I will buy him lunch, obviously. But I'm really high on Brandon Cooks. I think he's, I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers that we've had in the past, you know, five, 10 seasons, just because he's consistently been putting up thousand yard seasons and, and just, I feel like never gets talked about at all. Now he's back on a actually good team and a good offense. And I think he's just going to have a, a really, really solid season. Like I said, I, I expect top 24 out of him if he stays healthy. Yeah, I know there was a lot of guys talk about Mike Evans when they talk about the the model of consistency with thousand yard seasons and stuff, but Brandon Cooks is right there with him. I think I think there's a reason that you should be excited about him this coming season. So my first gotta have him is Drake London. Drake London, of course, the former top ten draft pick. Now look, the analytic models love him, first of all. Every video I see of him, every podcast I hear where he's spoken about, the models love him. I mean, going back to college, it's he's just dominated. He had early dominator rating, all that good stuff, massive target shares of, of a passing offense. The metrics there, the film is there. Here's the issue. Last season was not pretty. Could that be good for us? I think so, and here's why. So last year, really – a historically bad passing offense, very unimpressive rookie season face value. Of course, he was only he had like 10 something points per game. But the the Falcons were only averaging just over 150 passing yards per game. That's terrible. Wow. And I'm gonna get to a guy in my gotta dump him on the team that was actually worse than that. I'm sure you can guess who it is, but under Ritter to finish off the season, he was wide receiver 36, 23, 30, and 10. And those were all without Marcus Mariota. Of course, Mariota's not there anymore. And Ritter is currently the starting quarterback. Now, is he the answer? I'm not so convinced, but London did do better under Ritter than he did with Mariota. So I think the time to buy him is now. And hand up we all left him off our top 10 dynasty list a few months ago and i don't even know if we had him on our outside looking in and so he's kind of been off our radar i acquired him this offseason in a league for Kadarius tony in a 2025 first it was an easy accept i sent it off and when it was accepted i was really excited about it for it's sure first round pick that i'm more than happy to send off it's a player who i'm more than happy to send off for the return i like tony like first round picks, but I really like the return. And so I was more than happy to send off for Jake London. I think he's going to return and have a strong season this year. Yeah, I love that trade. Actually, I think you smashed that trade. I think you won it by a landslide. I, I like Drake London as well. He was actually what my original player I was going to put in this spot, but Joel had him first. But my first player was 
You know, this guy was actually rated higher and ranked higher than C.D. Lamb early in 2022. And his name is Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is barely in the top 25 wide receivers now. And it just kind of feels a bit extreme for a guy that's 25 years old. He caught 88 passes in his second season, followed up with 99 receptions this year, 1,000 yards two years ago. It's just the Colts offense was horrible. But MG, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., he was seventh in the NFL in route win percentage. And at four, you know, you got to think that they're going to go QB. If they don't, I'd be pretty surprised. But I think that his quarterback situation will improve. And, you know, we, it's never an issue of talent on the field. When you watch Pittman, he passes the eye test. That guy's a yeah. dude. Like, he is good. He's a good wide receiver. And, you know, literally this time last year, he was being ranked amongst the elite guys. Um, but he really has taken a fall this 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 year, I think, in perceived value. So I have actually sent. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I've every league that I didn't, I don't have Pittman. I sent an offer for him right before this recording. <laughs> so I'll give you some examples. Um, so I have the 110 in a league. I sent 110 for Pittman. I'll take I'll take Pittman over that all day, pretty easily. I sent the 108. I'll take Pittman over the 108 pretty easily. And then I also sent Debo in a second. I sent Debo in a second for Pittman. So those are some offers that I think could get him. I'm not sure if they will, but I think his perceived value is pretty low right now. I like Michael Pittman. He's a guy that, you know, he kind of suffered from just bad quarterback play overall, like you said. My next guy is a guy who I think he's, like, I don't know where, I think, the dynasty community is just kind of like mixed on him, but I have seen some very positive stuff about Jameson Williams, but I am just, I love JMO. I mean, I, I loved him. I, I'm an LSU fan, but like, man, how could you watch that guy and not just like smile when he, even when he was at Alabama, I mean, he was absolutely incredible and coming into this year, you know, obviously he had the injury barely played at all. But next year, I mean, he is he's alongside Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he's a top option in that offense. And to me, like people have like compared him to to rugs. But the thing was is that JMO showed in college he's way more versatile than rugs. And I think that a lot of people are are getting this like view that JMO's just this like speedster one route guy that's not at all what he is that's just what he did whenever he got healthy because he is super fast and so they just wanted to get him on the field and throw him a couple deep balls the the truth is is that jmo is is a very talented receiver there's a reason why he was picked in the first round go back and watch that alabama tape people are forgetting how good and how dominant jmo can actually be and i think if he's fully healthy another year in the system i think he's going to be absolutely incredible next year and and really you know it, for some people win them their leagues that's how good i think he's going to be and i think next year when we're talking about our our top 10 dynasty players i think he could make a, a run at being in the top 10 for dynasty wide receivers truthfully well yeah he's being coached by future saints head coach ben johnson so that's right he's got to go crazy uh i, I do like jmo as well and I would be more than happy if he went off this season. He's got the traits. He just kind of has to put it together. And he's one of those guys that I think the reality is it, it, you know, we talked about Kendra Miller 
during our mock draft, he's falling in mock drafts because we haven't heard anything. We don't have anything to base it off of. But the reality is he's still there. He has a role on the team. He has the draft capital. He has the quarterback, all of that. So he's just got to get on the field and, you know, play, and he'll be, be fine. Moving on to my second got to have him, it's Calvin Ridley. Listen, if if something goes wrong in Jacksonville this season, check on me because I am so excited. <laughs> I have huge expectations for not only Calvin Ridley, but really the team. And I'm just I think it's a really good they're set up for success really nicely. And so here's some here's some reasons why I'm really high on Calvin Ridley this coming season. First of all, the Jaguars were ninth in passing attempts this season. I have to imagine that continues to grow over 200 targets. So I think the exact number was 202. 202 targets were spread out between Zay Jones and Marvin Jones Jr. Of course, Zay Jones is nowhere as nearly as talented as Calvin Ridley, and Marvin Jones is back in Detroit. And so there's plenty of targets to be had by Calvin Ridley stepping into this offense. He's got the franchise quarterback. He's got surrounding pass-catching talent. We've seen Calvin Ridley succeed being across the field from Julio Jones. So there's no reason he can't succeed across the field from Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. And, you know, obviously there are concerns with his time away, but by all accounts, he's ready to work. He's been working already he's just ready to pick back up where he left off in 2020 now i have him in a couple leagues already and in leagues where my team is set up to acquire him and i don't have him i like multiple seconds for him if i've got a late first i would do a late first for him maybe pair a player like curtis samuel in a second and maybe a later pick if that needs to be done i think that could possibly get it done. The reality is he is a little bit older. He's always been a little bit older since he was drafted. But I think if you are in a position to take on a receiver who's closer to 30 than 23, then you should go and get him. I think if your team's competing, those late seconds aren't going to be as valuable as a receiver like Calvin Ridley. So where's the break for Calvin Ridley? Uh, Just to... So 107 or Calvin Ridley? I would take 107. Okay, 108? Hmm. That's tough. I'm probably looking at 109 or 110 at the earliest. Yeah. Simply because he's older. And I don't think he necessarily has top five like he did in what was that, 2020 or 2019 in Atlanta. I don't necessarily think he has top five capability right now. However, top 16 isn't out of the question. I mean, look what Christian Kirk did. Yeah. Look, Zay Jones even had a top 30 season. So I kind of think he'd be worth 108 if, even if he was a top 15 guy. So, what's a young wide receiver that, like, say a Ridley owner is like, looking to flip the clock for who's a receiver that you would feel comfortable sending for Calvin Ridley. What do y'all think about Brandon? Ayuk? 
Ooh. I, I, don't know I would personally that. hold on to Ayuk. Yeah, I, I, I keep Ayuk. Ayuk is really good. I'm thinking, like, I, what came to mind for me was, like, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson. I was thinking uh, along those lines. Like those Dotson is a guys. perfect player. I, I, I think so, perfect. too. Elijah Moore, maybe, with the now, now in Cleveland. There's a lot of upside there. So you can maybe make something happen with that. Sure. I would also hold on to Ayuk. He was just the first name that came to mind as that fringe wide receiver one who's also young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Judy. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I think I, I would I take think I would Ridley. Go Rid- yeah, I would also go Ridley there. But I do love, I do like Judy a lot. I think I would go Ridley as well, which is um, very unlike me. Choosing against the Bronco, but uh, yeah, I like both those receivers a lot. Um, I actually sent in a trade offer for Jamison Williams yesterday, and it got declined. Hey, (laughs) got declined, but it's okay. Um, Moving on to my my last, gotta have them. This is a player I've actually already acquired, (laughs) so um, I'm really excited about him this year, and. Everyone's talking about Bijan Robinson, and for good reason. But in 2017, the other, you know, Bijan Jr. or Bijan Sr., you could say, Saquon Barkley, mm. who, you know, he's a player that really had some fluky injuries. But before that, I mean, he really was elite, elite. And then, of course, he looked like his old self this past year. Saquon Barkley was the only running back who had a 17-game pace of 300-plus carries and 60-plus catches. Notice I didn't say targets. Catches. And his dynasty value remains almost unchanged, guys, from a year ago. Um, Obviously, it's a little better, but I think he's a major buy. Um, And a 1QB, I sent the 105 for him. I think that's an absolute smash play. We're talking... He had 76 targets last year, but also 295 carries. The bell cow is not a thing in the NFL anymore, but he's pretty darn close. And, you know, they brought in, they, they gave Daniel Jones the money. They franchise tag, they franchise tag saying Saquon. I'm not sure if he's going to be there next year, but I know that this year, especially he's going to produce and, that injury he had in 2021 was just so fluky. 2020, obviously, he had the he kind of had a lost season, but I think Saquon's a big buy this year uh, because I think he's going to give. Literally, I think he could be the number one running back overall. I I really do think that's peak for him. So, but also at worst, I I think he's a RB, you know, top eight RB at worst. So I think that yeah. If he's healthy, of course. So it's just kind of one of those things where if you can if you can get him, especially if you're a contender, he's only 25, 26 years old. This is a good buy. Saquon's a really good buy right now. All right, let's go ahead and move into our gotta dump them section. So last section we obviously talked about guys that we wanna we wanna acquire. Now these are the guys we wanna ship off. We wanna get them off our rosters. Colby. Start us off with your number one. Gotta dump them. Um, this kind of sucks, but this player has had not had a thousand yards since 2019. 
Okay, that's a long. That's but he's being valued as a top six dynasty tight end, and that's George Kittle, brittle Kittle, as you can say. He is just not. I just don't think he's worth what people are paying for. And obviously, when you watch Kittle on the field, he is a special talent. He's an elite run blocker, and he's elite after the catch. I mean, really, you when you watch Kittle, you're like, okay, this guy might be the best tight end in the NFL. Like, literally, like when you watch him, just on the field. But the problem is, he misses a lot of games. And it's it kind of is unfortunate. And plus, there's so many weapons out in that San Francisco lineup. I just think that he's a dynasty sell right now because I see I see in this next few years that his value will go down. And if you could hold on to him now and maybe sell him at a peak, or you can sell him for, you know, maybe a younger tight end with a with really good upside and a first or something like that. Like I prefer Mark Andrews to him. I prefer Obviously, I prefer Kyle Pitts to him. If you could get Kyle Pitts for him or TJ Hawkinson, I think that, Mm. or maybe even tear up into those players, that's what I would do just because I don't trust that he's going to stay on the field. And even when he's on the field, there's just a lot of mouths to feed out there, and he's just a great run blocker. He's really inconsistent. Um, I just don't think he's going to be a player week to week that is going to give you the value that you need. But he's still being valued as that player. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, now, this guy's kind of like the guy that I have first on my God is Dumbum. He's a guy who I think had a lot of steam coming into this year. Okay, a lot of steam. And honestly, didn't back it up. But to me, I don't think that he's dropped in perceived value at all. But Gabe Davis, a.k.a. Gabe Dropus, is <laughs> like, I want to drop him. I want to get him. Off my roster, I have him a couple spots, and I'm actually looking to ship him off. He's 24, he's 6'2", he's athletic, but here's the thing. Last year was his best season. He finished as the wide receiver, 36. 93 targets. How many do y'all think he had? 93 targets. Um, I remember it not being a lot. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, wasn't it like 63 or something? 48. Oh my goodness. Jeez. And he had seven touchdowns and his catch obviously is going to be crazy. But I just, I think that if they don't go in the draft and replace him um, this year, it will be next year. And and he's just a guy that's just, he's not very good. Like he got 800 yards last year because he plays with Josh Allen, but he's not a guy that I want on my team. But for some reason, I feel like, his perceived value is still like has remained steady. Like obviously he doesn't have the hype coming into the season, but I wouldn't be shocked if he has like, Oh, Gabe Davis has a great camp. Like, you know, and that'd be the time to sell him, honestly, but still, regardless, I want him off my team. I think that he is terrible. When I watch him play, he drops the ball all the time. And, and obviously usually you want a wide receiver that's tied to a really good quarterback, obviously, but he's just a guy that I, I think if you can get someone who still believes in him or whatever, like sell him for whatever you can. I mean, truthfully. Yeah, I, I, I totally see that. I don't see this Buffalo offense progressing and them doing all they can to keep Gabe Davis a focal part no. of it. So, Colby, you inspired me while you were talking about Kittle 
Uh, I'm going to use my one Kittle share to try to move to Hawkinson. We'll see what it takes. So I'll report back once it, uh, once it happens or doesn't happen. My first got to drop him is going to be Darnell Mooney, a player who we all had really high hopes for. I remember watching a, a lot of videos about Darnell Mooney showing how open he was and how often he was being overthrown or underthrown or simply just missed by his quarterbacks. And I think the issue is he's he was never meant to be a wide receiver one. I think we can maybe agree on that. Oh, but absolutely. I think he had a lot of hype when, you know, he was he had a really good season with Matt Nagy um in 2021 but it it just hasn't worked out so anyway i'm gonna get into the numbers he played in 12 games as the wide receiver one for the bears last year they were the league's worst passing offense and it wasn't particularly close they threw the ball 377 times the next worst was the falcons for 415 Listen, the Bears averaged 130 passing yards per game. That stinks. Now, look, I... <laughs> that stinks. Hand up. I do believe in Justin Fields. I didn't like him prior to this season. I thought he was... I didn't know if he could put it together. I won't say I disliked him. I didn't know... I wasn't sold. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he will continue to develop as a passer. And I think the Bears will continue to surround him with talent now for Darnell Mooney unfortunately I don't think they're going to skyrocket into a top 15 passing offense so I think he's going to get left behind in that simply because DJ Moore Chase Claypool Cole Komet they're all in this offense now I'm not saying they're all going to be good I just think they're all going to touch the ball at some point and every time Darnell Mooney doesn't get the ball obviously he doesn't register points for us now as he's transitioning back to a wide receiver two role it's probably more realistic ceiling for his career, not a wide receiver two on your fantasy team, but a wide receiver two on his uh, real-life team. I think they could even bring in an offensive playmaker on days one or two of the NFL draft. I think that's a real possibility. Probably not day one, but I do think they could bring in someone day two. For all those mock drafts that have Bijan going nine to the Bears, just stop. Just stop. It's not happening. <laughs> That'd be horrible. That's so stupid. I simply, while I do like Justin Fields and I do like aspects of the Bears offense, I am not sold on Darnell Mooney being a pivotal part. He's kind of, as you know, as the Buffalo Bills continue on, they're going to move on from Gabe Davis. I think the same is going to happen with the Bears. I think as they progress as a passing offense, they will continue to get better weapons and he'll just kind of be left behind or move on to a different team. And that's kind of unfortunate. He's a two lane guy. I liked him. He's that late round guy who everyone was really excited about, but I think reality is setting in for us. Now I don't have any Mooney shares. I don't think I've ever actually had any Mooney shares, but if I did, I would not. Um, I'd probably move off of him for a mid second at this point. So I have I have Mooney in a league that I honestly really need him to perform. Um, it's a start 10, 1QB, 10 team. 
so do you think that Mooney would be worth moving off of for, you know, to a six to a five? What do you, what, what, what's the temperature on that? In a one quarterback league, you know, it, it's it not worth bit, much. It, it gets really hard to move off of players. So he's not, he's not old enough necessarily to feel like he's going to die on your roster, but I mean, I wouldn't be, if he's good, you're obviously excited. You didn't move him. If he's not good and you need him, that sucks. If he's not good and you move off of him, you at least have the flexibility of a pick. Even if that pick doesn't mean much to you. So, you know, I think two Oh six and a one quarterback is when you might be looking at some of those tight ends. You know, I think the quarterbacks usually go early to mid-second round, and so maybe you could sneak in a Sean, not probably not Sean Tucker, but maybe a Tank Bigsby. Just those running backs in that weird dead zone, what feels like the Kendra Miller, the Devon A-Chain almost at this point, he's been falling a little bit, Sean Tucker and Tank, that group. I think are getting pushed down more and more to the point where if you really wanted to, I think they could be there. And if nothing else, you can use that 206 to get higher in that second round late first and get a player who's a, a slightly higher caliber of a rookie. Yeah. Let's just say that, I mean, I, I think I struggle with Mooney selling Mooney because I think this is the lowest his value is or ever has been. But I can understand. I can understand. Wide receiver 23 in uh, 2021. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I personally, I'm probably not selling him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that now adding more like an improving offensive line, I think he's in probably the best situation he's ever been. So I'm definitely a, a holder. Uh, but he's not quite not like I want to go inquire him type of a thing i understand what you're saying joel you said yeah yeah, i'm not trying to acquire him yeah i i don't think he's like a player that i would if i had him i'm not like putting him on block like i'll take anything yeah but unfortunately colby like you said i wouldn't want to be in the position to need him this season yeah and he's and he would be like one of my last guys i need him or bateman to do well um but Kind of tough. Anyway, moving on to um, the next got to dump him player. Um, I think this might be a little controversial. He's really split, but uh, Damian Pierce. So we talked about how Joel and I traded him earlier for a T. Higgins share. Um, We're both really Mm -hmm. excited about that. Um, But there's reasons why I wanted to do that. And this is even before Devin Singletary signed there. Um, You know, he's kind of he's a day three guy. Day three guy. He's very explosive. He's a solid pass catcher, but um, he's RB30 in targets. He's RB42 in receiving yards. He's RB23 in target share on a team with limited weapons. RB67 per for for like touch op- per opportunity. And then RB36 in breakaway run right. Um you know, I, all these things combined with the Texans just not being a very good team and organization just kind of being a head scratching head scratcher in general. 
I think it is a sell just because also his perceived value is very high in the dynasty community. So if you have if you have um, Damian Pierce, I would try to sell him, especially if I'm a contender. You know, and if you're a, I, I I guarantee you there is a Damian Pierce believer in your league. I don't know who he is. That's your job to figure it out. But he's he's there, and yeah. if you can net a player like T Higgins, or if you can net a player um, of that caliber, oh bro, give me that every single time. I'm not saying D- Damian Pierce is going to be bad. I just don't think he's worth his current price. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think there's reason for concern. You know, was Damian Pierce a capable pass catcher as a running back last year because he's decent at it? Or was he a capable pass catcher last year because Rex Burkhead was his backup? A good point. And I love Rex Burkhead. Really? Yeah, shocking. Shocking that I love the most random players. Go ahead. I mean, what reason do you have to love Rex Burkhead? We don't really need to get into this. This is what my counseling is for. <laughs> Look, a guy a guy wins you a week three years ago, and you just hold, you just latch on to him, okay? <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, Colby's counseling, my next player for God to dump him is Russell Wilson. Now, Colby just gave me a, a really nasty face. Um, here's the thing. I... Russell Wilson fan. I'm not a Russell Wilson believer, but the addition of Sean Payton and the health of, of all those weapons and everything has altered his value a little bit. Like people are starting to buy him a little bit. I think he is. He will be better than last year. Last year was awful. It was a wreck. But here's the thing. I, I think that if you can get, and I know this might sound crazy, I might if you can get Kenny Pickett for Russell Wilson. I would do that like wow. I, I just don't i don't see russell wilson with all the investment they have in running back even with John Payton, i don't see him ever going back to to who the the old russ was which is uh, like he doesn't run anymore and and he's not been a very efficient passer for a few years now low-key and it doesn't seem like he and Peyton get along too much and and i wouldn't be shocked if if sean wants to move off of russ as quickly as possible i know that like can you pick it thing sounds crazy i actually i like a little bit like i think that he's got some he's got some juice to him and i think that right now like they're putting up probably comparable stat lines but kenny pickett has a little bit higher ceiling right now to me which is crazy but i think that if you can get somebody who believes especially someone who's like oh man i need a second quarterback, or I need, you know, uh, they have two weak quarterbacks. They need a third one. You know, I think you can sell them off to that. That's what you got to do, um, briefly, because I th- think that if he doesn't play better than last year, uh, or if he's not marginally better than last year, I, I think that they might try and see what they do to move off of him because it, it doesn't seem John is a big fan of him so far. Colby, what are your thoughts? I know you acquired Russell Wilson and sent off two seconds this offseason. So I definitely think he's worth two seconds, but in the comparison of him and Kenny Pickett, I can honest, I can understand siding with Pickett. You know, he's got the first round draft capital. He is, 
coming to the second year of the league with one of, I mean, the best organizations, not just in football, but in sports. Yeah. Um, they're going to do what they can to support him in any way. Um, and obviously you have one of the best coaches in football. So I think that, I, I, I mean, I can understand if you can flip Russell Wilson for Kenny Pickett, that's probably a deal I'd be willing to do. So in that context, like I definitely get it. Yeah, I can get behind that. I think moving off of Russ to get a relatively same tier quarterback who's simply a decade younger, I think that's worth it 10 times out of 10. They both have similar running back rooms and receiver rooms. They both have good coaches. So I think at the end of the day, KP gives you that rushing upside and he's younger. So for my final out of dump him, it, it really does pain me to say this, but I'm going with AJ Dillon. I hold on to hope that AJ Dillon is going to be more than a career backup. He's going to be, you know, for a long time, we all said maybe, and this is true in real football, you know, he's probably one of the best backups in the game. Him and Pollard for the last couple of years now have really done well in their complementary roles. The issue is when will A.J. Dillon actually command more of the running back share in Green Bay? And with Aaron Rodgers likely leaving, I don't love that because Aaron Jones is obviously a better pass catcher. And with a young starter like Jordan Love in, you would have to think that there will be more negative game scripts. Mm. They will. You have to think that they will rather give the ball to or at least have a veteran, more trustworthy running back on the field like Aaron Jones. So with A.J. Dillon going into his 25th – well, not 25th year, but as a 25-year-old <laughs> in this season. He's Frank um, Gore. <laughs> I know. I know. Colby, Colby's like – Get him out. Um, <laughs> the, the issue is Aaron Jones keeps getting extended and he keeps performing. You know, like Aaron Jones hasn't taken a step back. I haven't noticed. He's still a top 10 finisher in the last couple of years. So here's here's kind of the comparison between him and Aaron Jones. 43 targets to 72 targets, 28 receptions to 59 receptions, 206 yards to 395 yards, zero touchdowns to five touchdowns. So there's a very stark contrast here. Obviously, Dylan can get some of the goal line work, but it doesn't offset the passing game for me, especially going into a season where they may not have Aaron Rodgers again. So, Philly, you traded A.J. Dillon in our Committed Football Guys League, Mm -hmm. and you sent him for Kadarius Toney straight up now. Of course, Kadarius Toney is a bit more of a speculative play, but I think that his role in his specific offense could give you a much higher return on your investment than A.J. Dillon could because I think at least for the next two years, we know what A.J. Dillon will be. Barring injury, we know what A.J. Dillon will be. I don't think we have necessarily – I think we've seen – bits and pieces of what Tony could be, but I think we have AJ Dillon figured out. Yeah. And the thing is with AJ is he is a big tough he has zero uh touchdowns last year. Or zero receiving. Receiving. Touchdowns. Yeah, receiving. Okay. Yeah. And so 
I said, that's a huge part of the game that is like part of the modern game is catching the ball. And for him, he even though he's a tough bruising runner, the thing is, is he's not very fast and he's not very elusive. And so he's not, you know, getting these long, long touchdowns or and breaking off these long runs. Like, I mean, he doesn't get like the chunk yardage that really adds up when you're running back. You're not going to be someone catching the ball all the time. So, um, yeah, I sent him off for for Kadarius, uh, just because, like, I, you know, wide receivers are more important in the NFL and in fantasy right now. And AJ Dillon is already 25, and like you said, we know he is. I I don't think that there's a, a breakout coming. You know, there's just not. I'm sorry, Quazilla. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and move on into, as we say every week. Fan favorite, our favorite, your mama's favorite, everybody's favorite, fair fleece, where we're going to go through three trades this week. We're going to dissect both sides, see what size we like best, and we'll let you also decide. So this first one, it's a 12-team, one-quarterback league where you start 11 players. Side A receives the 203 and the 205. And side B receives Antonio Gibson. Philly, what are your thoughts? So this is tough. Um, I was really down on Gibson at the beginning of last year. And then, like, kind of just watching some of his games, I'm like, this guy has the ball in his hand more. Like, he's kind of, like, low-key electric. Not very electric, but he's, like, low-key electric when he gets the ball in his hands. And so it pains me to say this, especially in a class that I don't, love but i do think that uh say i i'm gonna go with gibson on this one 12 team one quarterback two or three to five aren't gonna be worth that much uh, i'm gonna go with Gibson on this just because he's proven asset you know kind of like he's ever might be looking at some of those tight ends uh going there and i think all of like the really really good receivers are probably gonna be off the board at that point i don't love it but i am gonna go with gibson and hope that he gets a better role next year. Yeah. So this is, I just want to start off. This is not a fleece by any means. Yeah, I don't think no. that it's a, I don't think it's a fleece, but one QB does change this. I kind of was, was the same. I thought I was down on Gibson last year. Um, but man, I, I did strongly dislike Brian Robinson. I mean, just, <laughs> and not, not as a person, of course, uh, yeah. I, I hate it when people get shot. That sucks. But Brian Robinson has bricks on his feet. Yeah. Um, just really, every time I watch Brian Robinson, I'm, I'm literally just like, I'm not really sure how he's in the NFL. Um, I don't really get it. Why is he getting um, carries? But, yeah. And then every time I see Antonio Gibson get the ball, I mean, he really does look good with it. Um, only 24. I, you know, this will be his age 25 season. It's not bad. Um, he's kind of like a receiver in a way. And he just he plays really well with the ball in his hands. Um, he's elusive. He's a good player. Um, I think that, you know, and I am in the state of Virginia right now. I, I live in Charlottesville. And so I'm around a lot of Commanders fans and uh, they love Gibson. So like I, I've kind of like heard a lot of <laughs> about him in general. But I definitely want to I'll definitely take the Gibson side here just because with with being Coming to town, um, you never know what can happen. I just I like the upside a little more, so I'm going to go Gibson. 
Yes, yeah, so this was my trade. Actually, I acquired Antonio Gibson here. And, you know, like you said, with Eric Bieniemy there, I simply think that a running back with Gibson's skill set can be better utilized than Brian Robinson. And I can only hope Definitely. that they'll see that too now. I'm just hoping that Ron Rivera isn't the reason Brian Robinson was their running back one last year. And he's like, I just love the guy. So I wouldn't put it past Riverboat Ron. But, you know, I took the risk. I'm willing to send off some some early to mid seconds in a one quarterback. That's a, a league where I am I've competed in the past. I'm still one of those fringe top three or four teams, in my opinion. So yeah, I went ahead and, and sent that out and it happened. So that's exciting. It's all it's always fun when you send an offer and there's no counter or anything. There's no conversation. You just send it off and it just gets accepted. You're like, oh that was that was painless. For sure. It's so my favorite. Here here's a weird one. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> go to a 12 team super flex tight end premium start 11 side a receives Kenny Pickett and side B receives Tony Pollard in a 2024 fourth round pick. Now Colby, what are your thoughts on, on this trade? I know we had talked about this one pretty extensively in the group chat when it happened simply because the different dynamics going on, but go ahead and give us your thoughts. So let's just start off. Um, this trade is for Pickett. Pickett for Pollard. Take out the fourth. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, it's fluff. It's you know. It could that fourth end up being someone interesting? I guess. But uh, for the sake of this, like it's just kind of fluff. Uh, who really cares? In a super flex, the quarterback position is just really valuable. Tony Pollard's probably going to smash next year and just go off because he's that talented of a player. But give me a guy. Right, unless I draft Bijan. Um, but also, an uh, important thing here, Pollard did not get signed. He was tagged. So this could be a one-year rental with the Cowboys. He could get a deal. I don't really know. But Kenny Pickett is the franchise quarterback of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, in a super flex, tight end premium, whatever, I'm going to lean Pickett here. I'm going to take him. You know, if Pickett, all he has to do is like improve slightly. And this is kind of a fleece, honestly. So that's just my take on it. But uh, what do y'all think? Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. I, as we talked about in the last uh, section, I'm a big fan of Pickett. Like, I honestly am like, I think that if you can get him, uh, like he's not going to be, He's not going to be like a top 10 quarterback. Like, I don't think ever. I don't, I don't know if he can push. I think he could potentially push top 16, potentially. Not saying that he will next year. But I think overall, I think that he will end up being a very solid quarterback. Like you said, on a great organization uh, and everything like that. He's a franchise guy. Yeah, I don't. I, I think this is a really low sell for Pickett here. Pollard's great. And obviously, even if they do draft John Pollard, still get. His is still going to be a very solid and reliable player week to week. But man, like you said, the future, like Pollard's like what, 25? I mean, you know, how many more years does he have of like really, really high level play? Can you pick it? He's, I know he's older, but he's, he's playing at the quarterback position, which they just play for if they're good. So I really like the, the Kenny Pickett side here. 
And yeah, like you said, if he improves and plays well next year, this is pretty close to a fleece just because of how important quarterback is in Superflex. Yeah, it's just kind of common practice that if you're going to send a starting quarterback in a trade in a Superflex league, you should probably get a quarterback or something that gets you a quarterback in return. Absolutely. And so the final trade of tonight's episode is in a 10-team, one-quarterback start 10. Side A receives Nick Chubb, and side B receives DeAndre Hopkins, the 409, and a 2025 fourth. And so a little bit more fluff there. So essentially Nick Chubb or DeAndre Hopkins. Philly, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? So DeAndre Hopkins, he's got like an interesting situation right now where like there's a chance he might be traded there's a chance he could be cut it's a really weird situation for like a guy who's been like one of the league's best wide receivers if he's right and he's healthy i mean he's still probably going to finish within the top 15 of wide receivers but there's like just so much weirdness going on nick chubb i think is very safe to say he's going to be finishing probably again within top 10 at worst backs if he stays healthy so it kind of just depends on who you want they're both old players for their position so i guess i'll lean hopkins just because of how important wide receiver is in the nfl and in fantasy right now but it's just it's a it's kind of a strange trade like both players are older but i'll lean the hopkins side what do you think colby so I'm actually gonna take Chubb here. It's not a fleece, oh. it's not a fleece by any means, but just in a start 10, 10, 10 team. I mean, those running backs are really, really, really important. Everybody's got really good wide receivers in this league because of that's fair. You just don't you just don't really start that many guys. But I think Nick Chubb has the potential to even be like a top six, you know, finish. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, and he did struggle with the Watson last year. But just, you know, Hopkins being 30, Chubb is 27. Obviously, that's not young. But I'm just going to take Chubb in a vacuum here, and that's that's just probably what I would do. Yeah, I can totally see both sides for this trade. I am going to roll with the Hopkins side, though. Chubb, you know, it's well documented that the, his play under Watson was concerning, to say the least. I'm sure there will be better chemistry. Though he's never been much of a pass catcher, so it's really just no. coming down to them sustaining drives so that he can run the ball more. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, played in nine games last year due to suspension, and then the last two weeks they just kind of he didn't play too much. In those nine games, he averaged just under 17 points. It put him at wide receiver 11 on a points per game basis. And if you take out the Dang. last game he played where I, I don't remember if it was Colt McCoy or whoever, like McSorley, but if you take out that last game he played, that bumps up to 18.5 points per game. And that puts him tied with Jamar Chase's wide receiver six on a points per game basis. And I think that he still possesses that talent regardless if he's in Arizona regardless if he's in Houston, wherever he ends up, I'm assuming he'll end up somewhere else this offseason. I do think he commands more of a uh, – I, I just think he'll outscore or outperform Nick Chubb this season. And so the fourth 
in, in this case are just kind of the cherry on top in this league. These fourths of the last round of the rookie draft, you know, you'll get a James Robinson here and there. Last year, I'm sure somebody got Pacheco in this league. Uh, but for the most part, absolute dart throws and not much ever comes of these guys. But you never know. Maybe one of these one of these fourths is going to be the one that hits. Ramon J. Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, for sure. So I'm going to roll with Hopkins in the package simply because I think Hopkins is a bit more electric at this point. Sweet. Well, that will wrap up Fair Fleece and also wrap up the episode. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, if you've listened all the way through, just want to reiterate that we are very active on Twitter right now at CFG Pod. We will follow you back. Also, tweet in your questions to the podcast and also tweet in your deals for Fair Fleece. Um, we would love yes, to review please. those. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Colby. I'm Joel. And I'm Philly. And this has been the Committed Football Guys podcast. See ya.